Hello everybody and welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Dynasty Movement Podcast. That was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. It was, like, it was more pathetic than Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos last weekend, bro. <laughs> 70 points with 8 minutes to go? Now hold on! headed into week four it is me burn and as always i am joined by down with fun yellow uh and we have a few topics to go over today uh three things one sizes and everything it's the rise of the short wide receiver uh two aged like fine wine we've got old wide receivers that everyone's writing off and selling for free winning leagues again who could have seen that coming not me. Um, and three, we just witnessed an entire week of teams getting whacked with a capital <laughs> H. So we're going to hit yeah, those three you things. Give them uh, the Hank Hill on that. Oh, yeah. And then after that, uh, we're going to go into community questions for however long we take on the first three until time expires here. So, with all that said, let's uh, dive right in. We've got some pretty little dudes putting up pretty big numbers over at the wide receiver position. Uh, Tank Dell, just cruising on by in his first three games in his career, having a bit of a renaissance with 2-2 Atwell. Wandale is backing at it, ready to uh, okay, we're really explode including the Wandale? Scene. I'm always including Wandale. He's my short king. Okay, okay. Rondale just had a big game as well. Four catches for eight yards. Which is hilarious, but also three <laughs> carries for like 50 yards and a touchdown. We'll ignore that hey. part. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bunch of little dudes that people, you know, liked to write off early that you could have gotten very cheap back in the day and probably still today because, oh, they won't hold up. They're not actually very good. Uh, what's, what's your take here? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I, going into the year when i was staring the 107 in the face and ultimately that kind of meant that i was going to be stuck with one of the three second tier receivers you know mm -hmm. qj addison zay flowers i was trying to tell myself a story and i didn't really have to do a lot of convincing because you know i'm obviously a ravens fan but i did part part of that narrative to myself was that zay flowers you know, the biggest knock on him was his size. Yeah, he's what, 5'9"? Um, yeah, he's like 5'9", 100. He's pretty jacked for 5'9". Yeah, he's, he's like bowling He's ball. like 185 pounds of pure muscle. Um, But I kind of told myself, you know, we, we've seen some of these smaller guys get drafted fairly high. Obviously, he was drafted in the first round. But um, part of the narrative that I said to myself was that Zay Flowers is kind of an indication of where the NFL is going. And I kind of said that like half Mimi to just like feel good about purposefully passing up Addison and QJ, who were often seen as kind of the guys you want before Flowers. Like Flowers was the mm -hmm. third in that grouping. Um, but I honestly feel pretty convicted right now um, or, or vindicated right now on that take that I only half seriously said, because these guys are balling out right now and showing, you know, just insane results that like we're, we'd be impressed by anybody doing, but the fact that they're so small 
just makes it all the more so that it really does feel like we are witnessing a shift in the meta right now. Uh, what, what do you think of that? Do you think this is like an indication of where things are going or is this just like a weird blip? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily more of like a shift of the paradigm so much as I think teams are seeing talent and worrying about everything else secondarily. Uh, you see a guy like Tank Dell, who's 5'10", 165 pounds. Um, and at first thought, you're like, well, this guy won't hold up. But at the end of the day, if you can ball, you can ball. Darren Sproles made a living at 5'6", right? So, yeah, I, I think we're gonna have to scrap that a little bit when people see, oh, this is a little dude. When you got guys like Tyreek Hill, who has been the best, if not one of, um, best wide receivers in the league at a very, uh, forgiving five foot 10, according to sleeper. <laughs> that, that's like a Kyler Murray five foot. 10. Yeah. I wonder how tall his stilts are to get there. Right. Um, Debo Samuel being six feet is questionable at best. Tank Dell and Tutu Atwell both listed at five, nine to five ten. Yeah, sure. But, like, yeah, we're starting to see a lot of these guys that people kind of wrote off as, like, oh, maybe he'll be a gadget guy. Maybe he'll get 25% of snaps. They'll use him in the red zone or something. Um, it's like, smoke them if you got them. If they're a good player, let's see what you can do. Yeah, totally. I mean, you're you're obviously not really going to be using these guys, like, in the, you know, goal line situations when you just need big boys kind of going everywhere. Yeah, they're not in the jumbo package. Right. They're not that, but I, I think, I think yeah, the 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 way that things are shifting is kind of more in line of what you're saying. Like, I, I don't think the fact that these guys are small is necessarily an asset, though I, I do think that there's something to be said about. If you're a slot you know, guy that's 5'7", running around, like, good luck yeah, finding like, them in the traffic, right? Right, like, the, there's something to be said about a small guy who is hard to track and, you know, can be very nimble and, you know, turning on dimes and everything. Um, but I, I just think that NFL teams have kind of wisened up to the fact that, um, you know, we don't all have to be the Oakland version of the Raiders where they were drafting everybody who is tall, lengthy, and, uh, and a speed freak, you know, like, um, we, we don't have to do that for size, you know, not everybody is going to be Calvin Johnson, but we can find creative ways to, you know, get one of these tiny dudes on our roster and really open up the playbook to take advantage of their size and not see it as like a, oh, one hit and they're done kind of deal, you know? Yeah, and that's one of those, I think the days of us seeing a guy like Cortland Sutton being taken top 40 in the draft just because he's a huge physical freak. I, yeah. I think those are <clears throat> kind of behind us. If you can, If you don't show you can play football... I don't think size is really going to matter the same way that it used to. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like the, the fact that people's size in and of itself is, was such an asset for such a long time. Like how many times did those guys actually pan out? Um, like even in the, the rookie class that we have this year, QJ's size was a big reason why people were freaking out with him because they had the thought of, oh, if this wide receiver that was just drafted ever learns how to play wide receiver, they're going to be great. Like, 
what are we doing here? You know? Yeah. Like, oh man, this guy will be great if he learns to play wide receiver. Meanwhile, you have someone that just already knows how to play the position. Who's yeah, already it's, good it's, at it. And you're passing it's like up getting on a guy like who's that. seven and a half feet tall to play in the, in, in the NBA, you know, like, Sure, he's tall. Pass him the ball, but he's not going to have any control or, or anything like that. Like I, I, I don't know. I I think that it's good that the the league is wisening up to the fact that there's all these players that don't have like the natural physical attributes, but they're good at other things. You know, QJ is never going to get lost in traffic, but he catches like he should be that kind of guy. You know. Yeah, and now we're seeing guys like we look at the first round this year. We have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is six feet flat. Uh, Zay Flowers, who I believe is five eleven. Um, I, I think he's maybe five ten. I, I actually think he's five nine. Okay. Uh, Jordan Addison is five <laughs> foot eleven. Tank Dell is like five foot three. Um, obviously, second <laughs> he, round pick. No, what, he's what, he's what, fi- he's five nine. Okay, um, okay. But uh. You even look at some of these other guys that were drafted in the second round. Uh, Reed comes to mind. Like, there's a most of the wide receivers taken early day two and then in day one. They're not very big dudes. Downs, he's a small dude, uh, taken early round three. Uh, Marvin Mims, taken as an outside deep threat guy. He's 5'11". So, yeah, I think we're finally starting to see a very big oversight in the NFL scouting departments where size equals good kind of fizzling out. And now it's just like talent equals good, which yeah, I mean to the guys listening right now seems so incredibly obvious, but we have seen so many contradictory drafts where people would take, you know, Corey Coleman because he looks like he should be a good wide receiver without ever really doing it yeah i mean i i really do think i know that it's really easy to sit here and be like an armchair guy but gms are just people and there's a lot of idiotic people who aren't very good at their jobs you know like tennessee they thought that they could just do a one-for-one swap of aj brown to Traylon burks you know like oh, Traylon burks a big guy yeah, that, like, uh... like, oh, he's a big guy. <laughs> like, he did well in college. You know, that that's all we need to do, right? And, yeah. like, sometimes it truly is just as obvious to just pick the guy who can ball and, and maybe figure out how to make that work rather than, oh, you know, you there, six foot five guy, we'll, we'll teach you how to run routes and how to read defenses and how to do all these micro movements to control your body and everything. Like it's probably a lot easier to do it the other way around. (laughs) Yeah. And now we're even seeing, I'm just scrolling through the heights of the guys from the draft last year too. And in the first round, Chris Olave, six foot flat, Garrett Wilson, six foot flat, Jamison Williams, six one, uh, Jahan Dotson, five eleven. Like, the days of the super early, just mega huge dude just automatically getting that early pick is kind of, uh, thankfully fizzling out a little bit. Yeah, it's, I I think that it's super interesting, um, because, you know, not only did you have a ton of guys get drafted who were so short, um, I'm, I'm also really... I'm I'm a Demario Douglas truther. 
Uh, and he, he also fits this bucket. And he's probably looking like he has a good shot of being, you know, the wide receiver in New England. But it's interesting that all these guys went in the draft class and Tutu Atwell seemingly out of nowhere is an NFL player now. Like, what what do you think happened this year? I think the people that knew ball just started putting people in positions to succeed. (laughs) I'm looking, I'm just scrolling right now through the top 12 current players um, in scoring for half PPR. And of all of them, we have two guys that are six foot two that are Puka. Puka Nakua. Let's go. And Adam Thielen. Oh, that's so insane yeah we're gonna get that we're gonna get there in a little bit yeah um, segue nicely. and then the only one taller than 6'2 is mike evans who just kind of exists in that space yeah he he's he's taken up permanent residency in the top 12 yeah he's or at least somewhere thereabouts um but everyone else is 6'1 and shorter every single one of them um that's crazy and there are so many guys that used to get drafted two, three years ago, even where oh hey he's six foot four and runs a four four. So I mean obviously he's a first round pick. Oh, that was a noise. <laughs> yeah, well, wasn't uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Nikhil Harry kind of like a size freak? Uh, yeah, Harry was basically drafted entirely because he was a huge possession receiver in college. Uh, his. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, his 40 time, his RAS, that kind of stuff, it was pretty standard, a pretty average dude, generally speaking. But, hey, big guy, good hands. Well, it turns out he can't separate in the NFL whatsoever, and his hands are actually mediocre, and he won almost entirely off of his size in college. Um, Which, believe it or not, doesn't translate very well when everyone else in the NFL is, like, an NFL player. No. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. Apparently, just being able to high point the ball over like five nine corners doesn't uh, translate well to people with the ability to, you know, jump. <laughs> so, yeah, I I really think, especially in the era where we have quarterbacks as accurate as they are, little guys that can get lost in the shuffle can run crisp routes, can get open and get that separation, are at least equally as valuable. As, yeah. you know, just a big guy that can go and win up top. Um, yeah, where, where do you kind of rank these small guys? Um, you, you know, like, where where do you see them in, like, the the wider grouping and just amongst, like, the rookies? Has, the, has like, your opinions shifted at all? Um, basically, the main difference I have now versus, like, two years ago or something like that is a few years ago if I'm in a situation where I'm looking at a stud refined guy in college coming out from his redshirt sophomore year, that's, you know, six feet, whatever. Um, or I see just like a huge physical freak that people keep saying, Oh, he's a project guy. Uh, I'm going with the talent. Totally. To me, size is just not a factor anymore. I just don't care anymore. There's been enough guys that have been quote-unquote little dudes that won't hold up that have just been league winners now where 
as the uh, title of this segment says, it, size doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right, good right now, good I'm, definitely, I'm definitely kicking myself for not pursuing somebody like Tank Dell a little earlier, you know? Like, I kind of wanted to just because I figured that that offense was, like, pretty open, but, but his size was kind of turning me off. You know, I was like, yeah. oh, he's, he's so he's so tiny. Like, I, I don't necessarily know if 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 he's going to be the guy there or if it's going to be, you know, Nico Collins or Robert Woods. And, you know, things are still kind of up in the air down there, but it's kind of looking like Tank Dell's the dude. Yeah, and that's... If you're looking at Tank Dell, who... I was in the same boat as you. I see this little guy, you know, 160 pounds, 5'10", not going to hold up in the league, blah, blah, blah. That was really the knock, right? Because otherwise it was CJ Stroud was drafted by the Texans. Um, he was working with Tank Dell a lot in the offseason at different, uh, you know, scouting events and stuff like that. And, and loved didn't the guy. Stroud tell and Stroud, the, the Houston brass to draft him? Yep, Stroud was like, you get this guy, like, when you can. With your next pick, I love... Nathaniel Dell, for those of you trying to look him up and search Tank, you won't find him. But I like this guy. He's very good. Um, and then he has glowing reports throughout camp. Oh, this guy, he's a crisp root runner. He's good at getting open. He's a great separator. It's everything you'd want to see in a player. But again, 5'10", 165. So it's, maybe it's time to like just start seeing good things as good things and dropping the preconceived notions that, hey, if a guy is small, he's just bad yeah yeah i'm totally with you there i I, i'm not sure how much more i have to add on the subject other than yeah that's small boys small small boys boys good after them short kings we have our own small boy and he is also a quality performer i mean that that man has to be seeing through time from the ecstasy that this season has brought him so far oh yeah you better listen to this one because uh we have a whole segment talking about the poor Denver Broncos. Um, <laughs> but before we get there, I am going to segue to some other wide receivers because we mentioned Mr. Tyreek Hill at like five foot three, five foot two, somewhere in there, um, being the number one wide receiver in fantasy right now. And I'd also like to point out that Tyreek Hill is 29 years old, which is pretty much almost dead in football years. Keenan is Allen Keenan Allen is 31, which is also almost dead in football years. I mean, 30, 31 I would consider dead in foot in in most situations. 29 though. I I don't 29 is almost 31. 20 the difference between 29 <laughs> and 31 is Two years. huge. If you're if you're like a wide res, if you're if you've proven yourself to be a good and reliable wide receiver I don't see a guy at 29 and think the wheels are going to fall off this year. Oh, well, maybe not They're... this year, but you know that you're getting a rental or at least feel like you're getting one. I mean, is, is a two, three year play? Like, is that a rental now? That just seems like a uh, play for some people. I guess if, if you're, if you're on that like five year outlook kind of deal, if you're on that presidential term turnaround, then, then yeah. But... I'll tell you what. If you have Mike Evans right now, try to get a first-round pick for him. 
Yeah, or just let him retire on your roster. Well, that's kind <laughs> of the point of the entire uh, our topic here. Our yeah, thing. yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I know, I know, I know. Let's, um, let's, let's talk. I, of our top I just... 12 wide receivers, we have... Hold on, I'm just, I'm scanning here. I didn't actually do the math beforehand. We don't do any of our work before we air this, people. Uh, but we have a solid six of them that are 29 and older. In, in um, the top 12? In the top 12. Adam Thielen is definitely, like, I... That was just a shocker, right? That that one is a shocker. It, it, it's a shocker at how well he's doing, but, like, you know, preseason, my, my take on some of the older guys i i didn't really feel any certain way that i haven't in the past about keenan allen and mike evans because all those guys do is they go on the field and they score points but guys like adam especially adam thielen but even robert woods like robert woods i said all offseason was a good buy low because he's removed from that acl tear Mm -hmm. he's a veteran in a very young offense for a rookie qb like a lot of these guys, they're they're good football players, and that doesn't go away overnight. You know, I mean, sometimes it does. You know, things are looking like they're taking the the Tennessee Titans route for DeAndre Hopkins, maybe from his misfortunes. But even still, his target share was absurd in Week One. Um, so I don't know. Like I I feel like with some of these older guys, like it's best to like hold them until the wheels come off or they get signed by Tennessee that's when you're like okay you know what I'm done um <laughs> getting signed by Tennessee is a much surer sign that your career is about to be over getting than signed, your age getting signed by Tennessee for anybody who is on the other side of their 30th birthday that is the NFL equivalent of uh uh Hospice? going no, it's going to the going to the big farm in the sky, you know? Yeah. They are shooting you. They are taking you behind the barn to shoot you. That's what they are doing. Yeah. Hypothetically, you could be out running routes for the Tennessee Titans, but we don't know necessarily. We don't even know if that's those, actually DeAndre Hopkins. We, we don't know if they're not just weekend at burning DeAndre Hopkins right now or Julio Jones or uh, – um, why can't I think of uh, who, who is the Cowboys receiver? What Des Bryant? Des Bryant, yeah, yeah. Des Bryant wasn't he on there? Um, I or don't know. Andre uh, Johnson ended up. An- Andre Johnson, yeah. yeah, he he did the AFC South tour. Yeah, it's it's not a good thing to be signed by the Tennessee Titans if you're an older guy. I would go so far as to say the AFC South at this rate. I mean, the Colts. How many quarterbacks have they beaten up? before they decided to get yeah, to but, Anthony Richardson. But, but with the Titans, it's specifically a weird wide receiver thing. That's, yeah, but I mean, how much of that also is just their lack of offensive line and quarterback and Okay, let, look, let's not get bogged down and... by things like statistics and facts, okay? We're, we're going off a of vibe here. Yeah, um, and the vibe around Tennessee is not great. Anyways, we're, we're, we're kind of getting on the uh, yeah, opposite the side of our point here but yeah there there's a lot of these older guys this year that not on the um, titans that not on the Titans. plenty of older producing. wide receivers that aren't on the titans right now yeah and they're Devontae doing great Adams, 
is still insane. Yep, the top five, four of them are on the other side of their 30s, so we're pushing it. We got Tyreek Hill, Keenan... Eh. Tyreek Kill, jeez. Uh, Tyreek <laughs> Hill, mean, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, that old dude. Yeah. I mean, there's a Jesus. president with the same last name. Uh, and Mike Evans. So, like, yeah, there's some dudes that are uh, pretty much free or close to it that are league winners again. Were they free, though? Was anybody be, be going into this year selling Keenan Devontae Allen? Adams for less than a first? No, well, no one's selling him, but also no one is buying him. Yeah, but I, I mean, like... I'm just that, saying, I mean, for that, a first and a second, your wide receiver core right now could be Devonta Adams and Keenan Allen. Were people selling Keenan Allen for a second? I, I, I hear this every Early? year. There's Maybe. no reason I mean, to, but if you're in a rebuild desperate enough, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean... If, I, especially I like if you I... have a max points for draft order and it could potentially True. cost you Caleb Williams to keep Keenan Allen around, you'll start to sell him for whatever you can get. Yeah, I just... I, I feel like that that narrative has been parroted. Like, buy Keenan Allen. He's so cheap and all he does is produce. I feel like that's been said now for like three or four years. And like... No one does it. I... I've never seen Keenan Allen traded cheaply. Like, I, I, I've never seen Keenan Allen traded. Yeah, like I, I mean, I think that that's also a thing too. Is that like these older guys who are producing? Like, why would you? Somebody who did what Keenan Allen did last year, why would you trade him? Like, if he, you probably got far in the playoffs, if you had him. And like now you're just gonna turn him or turn around and sell him for one second. I I feel like I feel like a second is worth holding him if you if you have him. Like you're not gonna move off of him for for something like that. It would have to be an overpay. Well, yeah, but no like, contender is gonna be trading their pieces like that for a pick anyway. Well, that, that, uh, that's so. The, that's, whenever I'm saying I mean, like though. buy a guy like this, it's usually on a team where oh hey I have five rookies in my starting spots. I'm not gonna make the playoffs this year. I need to lose. That's yeah, but those if, are the kinds of people you're targeting to buy contending pieces from anyway. Yeah, but if if you have, I guess my point is, if you have Keenan Allen going into this year, your team was probably good last year, right? Oh, uh, I mean you had one good player at least. Like, yeah, I mean, well, you you had him for a reason, though, right? Yeah. Like, and... if you were going to, like, I, I maybe it's a little paradoxical, but I feel like if you were going to sell Keenan Allen, you're not doing it ever in the offseason. A guy like that, you're holding, you're holding and you're doing a vibe check at the beginning of the year. You're like, okay, I have this elite aging receiver. You, you enter the year, you're like, okay, I could sell him for a second, but that's nothing, let's be honest. And I'm going to hold him and see a vibe check. Oh, two, two, three games go by, he's still elite? Cool, we're Gucci. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be a situation where maybe it's like the equivalent of going to the Titans for DeAndre or Julio, where, you know, the wheels all of a sudden, they, they don't look explosive or anything like their old self but like you know the the vibes were there for julio and deandre and, and even still deandre is getting fed targets is my understanding mm -hmm. um the last i looked but like julio he, it looked like he lost a step in, oh, absolutely 
it, like in the twilight of the Falcons and people were hoping, you know, like, Oh, a healthy off season, whatnot. Um, that'll be good for him. But like, he, even still Julio looked like, okay. On the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like he, he had like a couple wide receivers, three weeks here and there, you know? Um, but like, I, I guess my point is like, if you were decent, then you have these guys. It makes no sense to trade them away in the off season, you know, like well, the, not in the off season, but now n- now for sure. But I, I also struggle to see like how your team could have dramatically fallen off from the position that it was in where you had these guys last year to now to now. To, what if you were have sell. a roster where it's, Oh, Hey, I had Keenan Allen and Deandre Hopkins as my wide receivers last year and Nick Chubb yeah. and Demont as my running backs. And I have Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. That's a playoff team that literally (laughs) falls apart. But you don't need all of them. You have a couple of them. I mean, the wheels fall off a team very, very quickly. Yeah, that that is true in my main league. Especially in the injury world. Yeah, in in my main league, I did lose Corey Davis suddenly in the offseason. And I lost Nick Chubb. And I'm still a contender I don't have any of my picks for the next two years and I'm 0 and three, but like my, my points four are still in line with like what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, in that scenario, you know, if I had, if I had them like on my team right now in that league, like maybe I would look at it, but I would also look at it like, okay, I don't have any of my picks, like getting a second round pick for Keenan Allen or whatever. I mean that that's probably not going down right now. Would I guess, anybody buy? I guess for... what it comes down to also is I guess just your team building philosophy. If you know yeah. you're at the end of your contention period and then you get bit by the injury bug, you're going to start selling for what you can to kickstart your rebuild. Because it doesn't make any sense to languish at sixth place or whatever. You're just going to get a media that's like fair. a mediocre pick and then have dudes start retiring off your team like crazy. So you're stuck at a situation where, sure, Keenan Allen's very good. He's probably a league winner. Mike Evans is very good. He's probably a league winner. But there's only really three or four teams in any given year that are, like, genuine contenders where you could actually see them winning it all. Everyone else, you've usually got a couple guys in the middle who are hanging out aimlessly because they have nothing better to do. Um, And then everyone else is either racing to the bottom or... I mean, there's always that year or two at like at near the end of a rebuild where you're not really great, but you can't just give away all your young players, so you just kind of finish somewhere in the middle while they develop. Uh so realistically your market is maybe a team or two. Because everyone else is at the top that's contending is already set. There's a reason why they're contending. So now you're looking for someone who maybe is starting like Hollywood that wants an upgrade of five points a game or whatever. And whatever they're willing to spend for that. And that kind of caps the price. Because beyond this year, who knows? Keenan Allen, I mean, we're seeing it with Cooper Cup right now. In his age 30 season, has an ankle injury. A lot of people are saying, eh, well, just might not ever come back the same way. Yeah. Uh, it's by the moment your age starts with a three, uh, you stub your toe and people start writing you off. So there is that risk written into the price 
It's yeah, kind of like buying a car and just saying, yeah, there's also 100,000 miles on the transmission. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, with a lot of these older guys, like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we're in agreement. Don't buy or sell them in the off season. I, I think. Like, I, I think it, it helps to just, like, get a game or two under under your feet to see, like, how they're going to look. Unless you super want to beat the market, but I... I think that you should probably wait until like week three or four, like where we're at now to, to do that. Um, well, if, yeah, if you're selling these old guys, I would absolutely wait until the season starts unless you think that it's just, this is their off season. Yeah. Like, like going into last year, cause was Julio, was he on the bucks for two years or just one? I believe Julio was only on the team for one year, but I'm not, Positive. No, no. You know what? Wasn't he cut by the Titans in the middle of the year and then signed with the Bucks? Uh, let me take a look here. Or am I making that? I'd up? like to be right. So for the pod, you know. Yeah. For well, the record, I, we've got to be right. <laughs> right. I mean, either way, heading into last year, like if anybody offered me anything for Julio Jones, then I probably would have taken it because the writing was like completely on the wall that he was probably cooked um, um in 2021 he did play 10 games for tennessee i don't know if he was cut or not or if he got hurt but he I, was then signed in the offseason by tampa last year and played okay yeah yeah so games. i i think that he did get hurt on the titans but anyways like the, the signs were there that julio was just like completely cooked yeah 400 but, yards in 10 games which is fine yeah it's like a 700 yard pace but it's also julio jones right like his pace was fine but like the the pace was never his concern it was always like the injury bug and like that started getting more and more frequent and it's like okay like you know when he's coming back he's not an automatic wide receiver one week now it's like a wide receiver three with upside week mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys can produce, and I, I think a lot of the the non high end names like like Thielen and Robert Woods and uh, and even Hayden Hurst. You know, I know that he's a tight end, but like these guys were in good positions where like they were going to be maybe not the focal point of the offense, but like they were brought in to be leaders there with a lot of either unproven guys in the Texans case and in the Panthers case, guys that we knew were completely cooked in Jonathan Mingo. So, I mean, if you can get these guys for like, what was Adam Thielen going for in the off season? Like, Oh, God. a third. I'll, I'll pull up KTC just to see <laughs> yeah. what he's even going for right now as wide receiver nine. Yeah. Um, because also keep trade cut shout out is very good for reactionary numbers no i think i think that keep trade cut is very good for you know being level-headed staying the course not getting too high not getting too low. oh keep trade and cut iuke love and adams i've never even heard of those guys um Oh, jeez. All right, we're just going to control F, Thielen, because there's no way I'm going to find it by scrolling. Damn, if you want a funny chart, look at Devon A-chan. <laughs> uh, it's literally <laughs> straight up. Yeah, people wrote him off, and then, uh, well, 
Oh, that's probably why. Um, I was searching Adam Thielen, and he uh, wasn't in the top 50 of wide receivers. So I had to he go to the wasn't? next. No, I had to go to the next page. That's why Control F wasn't finding him. Uh, Adam oh. Thielen is currently wide receiver 76 in value, and is scoring at wide receiver nine. That's. I mean, what is that even worth on there? Like a like a four? Uh, like what? The score is 1840. If I add all of the picks and tight ends and running backs and everything back, well, um, you, you can just click on his name to yeah to find uh, comparables. Yeah, I mean he's going for roughly the same price as like KJ Osborne, uh, Justin Ross, Josh I mean, Reynolds. Uh, yeah, all, all those guys are Josh Reynolds, another guy you could buy basically for free and will probably score some points, except for this week. Yeah, he he laid a big old goose egg after didn't I even was get a target. Yep. Didn't even get a target, and he's <laughs> still a top thirty six. Uh, I think he was, yeah, I think he was pretty much on decoy duty. He only played 77% of snaps, Damn, that's too. that's crazy. Adam Thielen was him. wide receiver 100 at one point. Yep. Uh, what the His fuck? stock is shooting up from wide receiver 100 all the way up to wide receiver 76. Yeah, he's, wow, it's still Which means that he's, that he's worth a, a mid-third. Almost. Not quite a mid-third, but he's getting there. Well, keep keep in mind too, though. Like, how? Let me let me pull up his. Uh... He's thirty three, and he has a rookie quarterback. I get it. But yeah, I mean, if you're well, a contender that wants a wide receiver that doesn't, you know, completely suck. Okay, let, let's keep in mind though, Adam Thielen is a bit skewed. Okay, week one he had two targets for twelve yards, mm -hmm. two two receptions. Week two he had a good week. You know. He had seven receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to knock that. And a two-point conversion. That's obviously great. Um, week three, though, he was playing... You got to keep a couple things in mind. He was playing with... One, he was playing with Andy Dalton, mm -hmm. who is better than Bryce Young at this point. You know, like, Andy Dalton knows how to no run No disrespect to Bryce Young. Andy yeah, Dalton's no, no actually a pretty solid quarterback. Yeah, no disrespect disrespect to Bryce Young, but like Andy Dalton is a grizzled vet and he know like he's played on some pretty bad teams and he knows how to keep the the machine well oiled and running. Um but this week Adam Thielen outscored his previous two weeks combined with eleven receptions, hundred and forty five yards on fourteen targets and a touchdown. Hey, Against, that's just a sign of things to come. I I mean it's a sign of things to come. And it was also against Seattle's secondary, you know? So I, I'm not saying go like don't go out and buy Adam Thielen. Get him. Like he's basically free, you know? If if Oh no, like you're a, late third. Yeah, like like unless he's on like one of those top four teams, which maybe he is. Like maybe he's not though. Um you know, it doesn't hurt to kick the tires. He's basically the wide receiver version of Raheem Mostert, you know? Yeah, like that or James Conner just trudging along. Yeah, well, I mean, Raheem is like 31, you know, which yeah. in which in running back years, you're you're 50, you know? Um, that's, I think that's actually like the same as uh, the furnace rule, where if you have a 10-year-old furnace, it's about to break, but if you have a 20-year-old furnace, it's invincible. Right. Yeah, it's... uh. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, with 
Yeah, well, it does not hurt to kick the tires on Adam Thielen for sure. But I, I also think that, you know, obviously he's not going to get 27 points every week, but I think that the stars, the stars did kind of align for him a lot. Um, who, who are some of these others? So we've talked a little bit about Mike Evans and Keenan, Keenan Allen, Allen and Robert Thielen Woods and, and all these Adam guys. Thielen, but who, who are some other guys that you think are older that are, that are good? I guess the first thing is we have to draw a line is what is older? To, to me, I think older, it, like, I think Four anybody, I, I think that anybody who's a wide receiver and has shown themselves to have very good to elite production, mm-hmm. so basically like a guy that you would be okay starting, mm-hmm. and I, like, a guy that you would be okay with starting over any run, like, any jag running back who gets their opportunity you know okay um but so would you I, say I would you say like 29 and up 30 and up i i think that anything before 30 i'm not worried about their age okay affecting their production because you know like like you're keeping it in you're keeping it in mind obviously for mm-hmm. so you um, wouldn't be considering like you wouldn't consider like an amari cooper an no, older I, wide receiver at 29 I, I mean he's certainly older like i'm okay. not gonna like his age affects his value, obviously, because you're not getting a guy who could be, you Hang know, on your roster. Yeah. yeah, like you, you're you're not getting that with him. But like you're when when factoring in their production, I don't really think the wheels generally fall off at 29 if they produce really well at 28 and 27. You know. Yeah. So, I guess with that in mind, uh, another guy 30 and up who just produces. And it's usually pretty cheap. Is Tyler Lockett, who yeah. I won't go into too much because I'm pretty sure we've hit on uh, hit on him in the channel, like in TDM main a ton already. I mean, it's just it's Tyler Lockett. What does he do? He scores thirty points four times a year and zero points four times a year, and somewhere in the middle, the rest of them. So <laughs> yeah, I, you know what you're I getting. I feel like every year bit. people bang on the drum to buy Keenan Allen and Tyler Lockett super cheap. And every year it's the same thing. Um, another one that's kind of interesting, uh, and maybe it'll actually pay off this time, is Mr. 30-year-old Michael Thomas. Yeah, he's been looking great. I was He hasn't scored yet. Hard. He's hanging out in that 50 to 60-yard range. Uh, heavy slants, believe it or not. <laughs> Slant um, boy returns. Yeah, but he's hitting that 80% snap share. He's had 8 to 9 points every single game so far. Uh, good for wide receiver 45, which sounds awful, but if you're in three wide receiver leagues, that's probably a starter for a lot of you, uh, especially at flex. And Michael Thomas is pr- actually probably on the pricier side of these guys for the production because everyone still remembers 2020 Michael Thomas and 2019 Michael Thomas and what he could do back in the day. Yeah, but on the other side of the coin, I think that a lot of Michael Thomas owners... Are sick of also it. Re- also remember 2021 and 2022 Michael Thomas. Yeah. So it's kind of like... And Bobby Trees is scoring like, at like the same clip he is. Yeah, uh, I, receiver I 47. mean... Yeah, but Robert Woods, you know, the, the points haven't necessarily matched how much of a role he's had in that offense. Um, but he's getting peppered with targets, man. I think in week one he had like nine or something. 
I mean, even Nelson Jagalor, he put up a goose egg week <laughs> one, but... Yeah, well, Nelson Aguilar has quietly become arguably dependable. the wide receiver two on the Ravens. He went from 38% snap count in week one to 72 in week three. So Which is impressive. Given he's now that, in on uh, all wide receiver three sets. Yeah, like, I mean, Odell Beckham went down. He's an older guy who was kind of seen in a similar manner as Michael Thomas. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Odell, you know, it's it's time to, to, to bring him to the Tennessee Titans, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's but, not uh, looking great for our... It's uh... not looking good for him. But Nelson Aguilar has been, I think, like, over the last couple of years, he's been, like, a pretty decent flex receiver, right? Uh... Without looking up everything, I'm just going to kind of scan his stats, but he's found ways. Last year, he was very hit or miss. Uh, he only had two games, like, worth really anything. Um, but beyond that, he's kind of just snuck in generally, like, seven to eight points a game. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I mean, as, it's as nothing, a fan of the Ravens. It's like... nothing ex exciting or anything but yeah I, you could do worse though with a hail mary dart throw than, than free start. death oh no yeah then 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 start nelson jagalore because i mean rashad bateman is clearly playing hurt odell beckham went down all of our running backs are dead mark andrews is dealing with a potentially season-long quad injury that's hampering his upside zay flowers is that offense so it's kind of allowed the stars for a line for Nelson Jagalor to at least be a guy to, you know, keep in the back of your brain. Yeah. So, I guess the point is, uh, I know a lot of people are horrified when they go out shopping, especially as contenders. Oh, hey, if I'm going to spend my first, I'm going to spend my second. I want to make sure that I get, you know, this future value. But, I mean, if you win a championship, who cares about your picks? You have 12 years to make it up. Or whatever however long you're paying for the league by winning um <laughs> especially if it's a guy like mike evans that or keenan allen or Devonte adams that really hasn't shown any signs of slowing down um you can usually see it coming from a mile away the two years before julio's tennessee titans debut he had 1600 yards 1300 yards something like that something ridiculous something julio numbered um and with then like his, two touchdowns yeah and then his last year at the falcons he had 700 yards in nine games was injured frequently um started the peter off the moment the falcons decided not to bring him back i was out and i think that's yeah. kind of an indicator just generally speaking is the moment the people who work with this guy every day decide they're out you should be right out with them. Um, look at Melvin Gordon going to Denver. Uh, the moment he did that, I traded him in a package with Sonny Michelle and Hollywood Brown for Saquon. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. And then Saquon proceeded to get hurt. But, eh, you can't win them all. But that's... You see a team decide that this guy is not in our future. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is kind of a weird one, but kind of also <laughs> a red flag I mean, I mean it could be a red flag or it could just be jimmy or say well yeah that's and that's the only reason why he kind of has an asterisk there is because uh 
Uh, thank God this is not a particularly popular podcast, but Jim Irsay's on a lot of drugs, even if he claims that he's not. <laughs> did you see my and message that I posted in the main channel over the weekend? I did not, but I assume it had something to do with... Uh... My my buddy went to Farm Aid, you mm-hmm. know, like the concert, and uh, the singer of Heart, you know, like the classic rock band? Yeah. Uh, the singer of Heart was doing a set... And I kid you not, Jim Irsay joined her on stage to play Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. Which which is a very, uh, like... We've said this before, for, for, and it's a great segue for us. Um, organizational culture starts with the ownership of the team. <laughs> <laughs> like, for... I'm just saying, like... I'm not I'm not going to make any accusations or guesses about the guy, but it's a curious choice to play comfortably numb when you've publicly had so many drug scandals. That's all I'm saying. And you're Jim Mearsay. What are you doing on stage with Pink? I mean, he's a billionaire. Yeah, but... it wasn't it wasn't Pink. It was the singer of Heart. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I... that's that's a completely different vibe. Yeah, but yeah, still. Uh, what? I'm processing on, this right now. On. Yeah, but <laughs> moving on, and it kind of builds into a topic here. Uh, are the Bears just the worst fucking franchise in sports? <laughs> it's very possible. You know, I had um over the last last few days have been very interesting because a lot of my. <clears throat> A lot of uh, my lady friends have, like, shot me things that uh, appeared on their social media feeds um, mm-hmm. that were Taylor Swift-based because Taylor Swift was at the game. You know? Oh, yeah, of course, of course. And uh, a lot of them There's were... our Taylor Swift mention. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of them were genuinely curious, you know, because obviously I live in Chicago mm-hmm. and whatnot, and... A lot of them, they don't know that much about football. So, like, they would send me these things about, oh, Taylor's at the game and whatnot, and, like, kind of asking a little bit about Travis Kelsey. Like, they know he's a really good player, but they don't know this. And then it was always followed up by, like, wait, so, like, are the ba- the Bears are, like, bad, right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, they're, they're not. Like, <laughs> they're awful. Well, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah, they're bad. And they're like, 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 literally a conversation from today was like well they're like a bunch of millionaires so like why don't they get it together and then i you know explained uh you know like the players we have are really bad right but our coaching is probably the main problem and even above that it's like the ownership like top down this thing is <laughs> this thing is a uh uh, who who's the guy? Cronenberg, David Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's one of his. Monsters. This is a this NFL franchise is a Cronenberg monster. That's just a blob of mass. You know, it's a fifty-three person plus the coaching staff and the organization. It's just a mass of souls that have congealed into this primordial ooze. That is slowly crawling off a like towards the edge of a cliff, begging for death, begging for death. What do you even do? This is the most miserable team that I have seen in my 13 years of watching football. 
Like we're, it's it's worse than the Hugh Jackson Browns that I think had more fight in them. It's less fun than the 0 and 16 Lions that I was only on the periphery of because that was like before I really tuned into football. This is quite possibly the worst team that I have witnessed and is in some historical waters in terms of how bad the play is, how bad the vibes around the team are, and how bad the the front office is. Everything is terrible. I don't see a single bright spot. Do you know how much it hurt me, Burn, this weekend to hear Greg Olson just tear us a new one for like three and a half hours? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I figured you were used to it by now. It was Greg Olson, though. You know, it hurt yeah, a little he, bit more. Cause he's, cause... Why? Because he's so friendly? No, because he used to be a bear. I mean, was he? Really? Yes. Yes. When did that really... happen? Bro, we drafted him. Oh, see? You, you, yeah. you knew that, right? <laughs> yeah. But oh, <laughs> he didn't take off until he left. Imagine that. Yeah. Oh. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's bad, man. Like, the... It's it's actually insane, you know, like we, we look at teams like the Cardinals who trade for a fifth round pick and then use that pick on Josh Dobbs and against all, excuse me, mm-hmm. against all odds that works out for them. And Josh Dobbs looks pretty good. Yeah. But we looked at that team before the year and we said, awful, they're in 17, like, they're blatantly tanking. You know, they're, they're setting up the players for failure. Um, Rich Gannon seems like he has no idea what he's doing as a coach. This, this team is in the running for Caleb Williams, and that is what they are doing. They're, they are focused on next year. We knew that the Bears were going to be bad, but, like... I we, mean, we, we had were... a podcast a month ago where there was very obvious excitement around the Bears. Right, and how they right. should at least have some sort of spirit, some sort of fight to them. They we, might not win we, a ton of games, but five wasn't out of the picture. And right. now five we, sounds like an absolute win. Like, we... It, it's it's so insane, man, because we're, we're entering week four, and we're not even writing off... Like, what we are already writing off about this team... I I seriously cannot remember the time where you had like we're forget about the season right mm-hmm. we're we're past the season's already off, over for the Bears right like, we're we're past writing off the season and we're only entering week four there hasn't been a full month of the regular season yet and we have Justin Fields pondering the meaning of life publicly justin fields is a 23 year old having an existential crisis he is is publicly having an existential crisis we we are questioning not the season we are questioning the careers of multiple starters on our team you know we don't know if chase claypool or justin fields or or anything are are ever going to play again cole Komet looks horrendous you know, it, it like, like we don't know what we're, what we're going to do about our quarterback situation next year. Because, um, like, Justin Fields is still going to be on his rookie contract. But, like, a lot of these guys, it truly seems like 
they after this season they will not play in the NFL again. Like we are that bad. The coaching staff inspires no confidence by trying out Chase Claypool and Colt Komet every week. You know, watching JT O'Sullivan's QB school, it's unreal. I, I like all you can do is laugh because it's, it's so miserable. The team is talking about moving to Arlington Heights, which is a miserable suburb. I don't want them to move to Arlington Heights, but they might do it. And at this point, that might be the, the most dignified way to put a bow on this whole tragic experiment. Obviously, the vibes around the potential accusations that we don't really know a whole lot still are heinous and horrific. And I don't want to speak about them because I don't think that there's a lot of information out there, but... There's no point in digging into rumors about something like that. Right, right, right. If, if the accusations are true, then, like, you know, that that's an even whole nother terrible level. But what, what all we do know is that it's conduct unbefitting of the team. And regardless of what that turns out to be, that's just another kick in the nuts. Like, we we are in darkness, Burn. We, we are in a... We, we are past the point of feeling pain when you have those third degree burns and it goes through the nerve endings and all you can see is your flesh burning, but you don't feel anything, you know, we are, we are in a sensory deprivation chamber of football fandom here in Chicago. I think the thing that stands out actually more to me than anything about the bears in particularly last week is that we had a Falcons team that only scored six points against a mediocre Lions defense. We had a Giants team that lost 30-12 to and just looks completely lost. Uh, the Texans beat the Jaguars by 20 in Jacksonville. The Chargers went for it on their own 20, didn't get it, and then picked off Kirk Cousins to win anyway. Hilarious. The Dolphins set a franchise record and beat the Broncos <laughs> by 50, which we'll get back to here in a second. The Jets... The Cowboys lost to the Cardinals. <laughs> you just, you're just saying the Jets. The Jets. <laughs> and the Bengals just squeaked by the Rams and Joe Burrow looks awful. And nobody cares because the Bears look so bad that all of the week three nonsense just got entirely <laughs> overshadowed. And now the team that just got absolutely waxed 70 to 20 by their former ball boy is going to march right on into Chicago and they are heavy favorites. Yeah, man, the team that here. lost by 50 is favorites <laughs> In Chicago. I truly know what the Joker felt like when Batman kicked his ass in the interrogation room in Dark Knight and his mouth is all bloody and he looks at, he looks back at Batman and he just starts laughing. It's... That's what I feel like right now, Vern. I feel like the Joker. I will go out and say that I am an expert in awful football. I have watched a ton of it over the past decade and change here. Um, this Bears team is the most soulless husk of an NFL franchise that I have ever seen. 
Man, that that's the thing about it is like, it's one thing if we're bad, you know. It's but it's that we're we're so bad, <laughs> we're so bad, we're so boring. Like we're we're so conservative with the play calling. Like there's nothing interesting. There's nothing to be. <laughs> there's there's nothing to be gained by actually watching the games. Like. These the the men on the field, like the actual players, in in Justin Fields, I I have like legitimately this is like embarrassing because I'm not this kind of guy normally with like sports, you know. Mm-hmm. You've seen some of the the crazy things that I've said here, you know, in yep. in and the server, but I have legitimately lost sleep the last couple weeks. Not a ton, you know, but but maybe, fifteen minutes you know, or so. Maybe it's taken me an extra 10, 15 minutes to mm-hmm. fall asleep. I have lost sleep thinking about wh- how old is Justin Fields? 23? 23. I've lost sleep thinking about how this 23-year-old is being set up to fail as is a prominent member of the Chicago sports scene. Like, he has to feel terrible, man. Like... He can't get anything done out there. The coaches clearly don't have his back. I was really proud of him when he called out the coaching. Mm-hmm. And then I felt terrible with him when he called the media back to his locker. Because, yeah, that's what a good leader does. But I don't think that this team, if you can even call them that, I don't think they need a leader. Or, or rather, I don't think that they need somebody to bring it together. They need somebody to break it the fuck apart, you know? Mm-hmm. And if that comes from the quarterback outright staging a mutiny against the coaching, Eberflus, what is there? You know, move over, Hugh Jackson. We now have Eberflus. I, um, I would like, like to point out a statistic here before I forget. Do. I'm sorry I'm going on a range. No, here, no, but it's no, been no, painful. You're good. It's been painful. You're all right. Burn. The Bears are obviously 0 3. Their point differential through three games is minus 59. They are losing these games on average by 19.6 points. It's unreal. Now, to put that in perspective, the Denver Broncos just lost by 50. They are 0-3. Their point differential is 53 points. Which is 6 points better than the Bears. Despite having just lost by 50. (laughs) What do you do? What do you even do? The only other team in that ballpark is the New York football giants who are one and two, despite being minus 55 in point differential. That's crazy. I, I legitimately keep forgetting that they ended up winning against the Cardinals because they were getting clapped so hard, mm-hmm. but Boy, the two games they lost were 40 to nothing and 30 to 12. So yeah, that'll well, stack I mean, that, it up. That, and they won by three against the Cardinals, which that looks that a little better now after really they beat the game. Cowboys. So, yeah, that, yeah, that first game really wasn't a game. You know, it, it was that, raining so hard. And, and it, it fell like, apart instantly. Yeah, it was it was like three broken plays that just turned it into an aval- like an insurmountable 
tidal wave, but but I mean like yeah, man. It's it's bad here. It genuinely like it has genuinely seeped into my normal life being so sad and hopeless about this team and just remembering that these guys are you know they're they're human they're players but like the co just the coaching the coaching in the organization is just not supporting them even on like a fundamental human level you know well, like, that brings I... us all the way back. We were talking in TDM Maine the other day about how a city kind of feeds off how well their sports teams does and vice versa. You know, when your teams are great, everyone feels great. You know, they go into work with just a little bit more chipper. Uh, it, it kind of brings the city up and vice versa. And I've got to I've got to just imagine that Chicago is dismal right now. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, it is <laughs> like <laughs> Like, not only I, – I mean, right now, you know, I'll I'll keep it short, but, like, I, I think I said this on la last week's pod, you know, mm -hmm. when the, 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 the rumors about the Bears were, there, were first starting to come out. But, like, right now, I'm, I'm 31. You know, I'm turning 32 next month. Mm -hmm. But this might be the most dire that Chicago sports have ever been certainly within my lifetime it is you know like the bears are horrendous the bulls are on a hamster wheel of mid so are the cubs the white Sox just had somebody get shot and they canceled a vanilla ice concert on top of the team being perpetually mid and just an endless cycle of nepotism and cluelessness the blackhawks are rightfully hated by the best by the rest of the league for getting the first overall pick after one of the most heinous like, scandals that we've witnessed in sports. Like, and, and that's... then you, you, you put the bears on top of all this, like we're down bad, man. Like, well, and that's just it too is, so you have the Blackhawks that are picking first overall because they're awful after also being fined $2 million as an organization for a whole sexual assault scandal. So they're bad and also hateable. And then you have the Bears, who also just had a de like a defensive coordinator fired for very suspicious reasons that no one knows about. But there's yeah, going to be stuff it's... that starts to leak out from that, too. There's already been rumors. I won't address the rumors specifically until there's actual... Well, well like... the, the official statement, I think, is enough to know that whatever we Health. learn next is going to be very bad. No, well... His camp was said, this is the official thing. Mm -hmm. I will not speculate, but he said that it was for health and family reasons, but the official word from the Bears has been that he was fired for conduct that was unbefitting of the franchise. Yeah. And like, like they did, the Bears did not thank him for his tenure or anything. They didn't get out of here. They, they instantly deleted any trace of him from the website. You know, like, we don't know what it is, but we know that it's bad. It's somewhere on a spectrum of bad. And, like, that's all we are, man, is we're just bad. Like, and we, we, I, I It's can't not like the Cubs where they were the lovable losers, too. It's, oh, they're bad, no. but also they're probably doing terrible things. Yeah, man. Like, like it's just people make fun of the Bears 
you know, in this server, in my waking life, everywhere on the internet. And like, what, you want me to fight back? You want me to say no? You want me to be hurt by us? By, 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 by somebody saying that our team is bad and that our quarterback is bad and that our coach is bad and that we draft bad? No, that's what we are. We got to look ourselves in the mirror and say, yeah, this is us. All, all the wrinkles, all the warts, all the pores. What? Where do we go? <laughs> we go to community questions because we need to get you out of this downward spiral. Thank you, Bird. Absolutely. You. Um, for those of you in the know, which is probably all of you in here, we do community questions at the end of every show. You ask us a question on the pod stage, we'll try to answer it unless it's something that we've already hit on or something that we just aren't comfortable answering, like answering. So uh, if any of you have anything, fire away. In the meantime, I will scroll up the chat and see uh, what we've had here. Or at least find a topic to talk about. Kind well, of like... we, we did have Weaves mention the Dolphins, you know, and uh, kind of on yeah. the other side of um, kind of on the other side of what we just talked about, about terrible teams. <clears throat> you know, the, the, the Dolphins and McDaniel have to feel so vindicated that what this last three or four year process, when, when would you say that they're when, when did their new or their their current GM come into the picture? Um, was it 2021 when they draft when uh, the Niners drafted Lance, or was it 2020? I that was the 2021 draft, right? Because when, when was the fish tank? Oh, you, I don't remember the fish tank at all. You're gonna have to mention that one to me here. Well, it was when the Dolphins were seen as a as a laughing stock of the league. Oh, and they and like people called it the fish tank because they kept that was when they traded Minka Fitz, Fitzpatrick to the Steelers. I think they traded away Laramie Tunzel. Like they they just had like a fire sale. Yeah. Um. But Chris Greer, their GM, has actually been there since 2016. Oh, OK. Well, um, I, I think the Minka Fitzpatrick trade happened in 2020. I want to say maybe it's got to be uh, something like that. Well, either way, they have to feel so vindicated that this thing that they started uh, that they started building, you know, a couple of years ago. Obviously, they've seen some pretty good results last year. They were a great team, but I mean, McDaniel is not afraid to have have conviction in what he believes and what the numbers say, and he is not afraid to 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 zag while the other 31 teams are zigging you yeah, know they just said let's like, just get 700 fast guys and see what happens let, let's get 700 fast guys let's scheme them up correctly and you know what like yeah jalen waddle one of the most electric young wide receivers in the league oh he's out well guess what i don't actually have to use river craycraft <laughs> yeah instead instead i could actually you know just turn to raheem oster Devon Achan and uh, another uh, mispronounced name. and Yeah. And, and hell, <laughs> I mean, busts out Mike White for Robbie Chosen. You know, I mean, it, it's it's a bit of a complete mismatch because obviously, you know, I 
don't like Sean Payton and the Broncos. So this, this outcome was delicious for me, but this was a case of Sean Payton. You know, I, th- I think he's the guy who thinks that he is big braining everybody purely from vibes and, you know, kind of being like a legacy guy going into a team that he's not a good fit for thinking that he can strong arm them into being a capable team. And then on the other side of things, McDaniel is just grinding out stats and numbers and he does what those numbers tell him and he believes in those numbers. And then you get a game like 70 to two, you know, he didn't even have the record for the most points. So I think it's super cool to see the dolphins turn around from like a literal laughing stock in the fish tank to being like a, a team where the rest of the league is like, you know, looking over their shoulder being like, okay, how the hell are we going to compete with that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just what it is at this point, man. Like they're unbelievable. The Broncos are miserable. I'm just looking at this right now. The Dolphins are leading the league in scoring by 39 points. Uh, they have yeah, 100, I mean, it, they have 130 he- points. I yeah, obviously that one game helps, but yeah, they have 130 points. The Bills are in second with 91. Uh, 49ers in third with 90. Like, if you're the Dolphins, you've got to just feel wonderful that all this work that you put in, all of these different trades you made. Um, obviously, the three firsts they had in that uh, Trey Lance trade. Obviously, you have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Bradley Chubb from that. Like, that's that's like literally the core of a good team. Yeah, from one trade. Totally. So. I'm just going to cap it off by saying, good job, Dolphins. You're doing it. Because <laughs> we actually have community questions now, so I want to hit those while we uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, while we have some time here. Um, Yeet asks first, would you sell Puka right now? And if so, what would be your price? Um, uh, you said no. I Do did say no. Um, I'll expand on it really quick. I don't. We spent 45 minutes on Puka last week, and uh, this week, I think people trying to buy him right now are going to cheap out on you. They're going to say, oh, he only got five targets or seven targets this week or whatever, which is still a good week. I mean, and if any of my wide receivers get seven targets, I'm fine with it. Um, five receptions for 72 yards. But it's not the same... Or it's not the same, you know, volume and everything that he's getting in the week one and week two. So, oh, he's falling off. Uh, people are going to be offering you less than they did last week. And at that point, like, hang on. Um, so I guess that's, that's the long and short of it. Uh, Yeah. I'm kind of with you on that. I think, um, I really don't see any reason to trade Puka for anything less than, I mean, I don't think you could get him off my roster unless you were trading me like a lottery pick or two first, you know, like I fired up straight up. I mean, like, like price of brick going up. Why, why else would I sell a guy in his rookie year where he's in the top 12 of scoring and he just had like his, his bad game was like his his bad fantasy was a, was a good game for a lot of receivers. And he was a missed Stafford throw away from having his first touchdown. Like after this game, Puka's price went up. Yeah. On KTC because people saw this and they're like, 
like, yeah, you could spin it as, oh, yeah, he didn't have as good of a game, but like, if this is his floor, if his if his floor is ten, potentially sixteen, if he scores the touchdown points, like, what what else do you want from a guy? I don't understand why anybody would sell him right now, and I don't believe that Cup is coming back this year. Uh, yeah, um, and that's. Even if you look at Puka's bad game, it's pacing 85 catches for roughly 1,250 yards. Oh, no. Oh, terrible. <laughs> um, As so, a rookie. Yeah, why are you selling that? Um, Andre's got a couple of uh, more interesting questions here. Uh, one of them is he's asking us to pronounce Pyrick. Pyrick? So it's Pyrick. It's like Pyrick with a C. trying to get our voices for AI? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing here? I do here? not um, consent. Mm-hmm. Yep, we will sue. Um, and then, oh, should we go through the Andre questions first or we should hit, should we hit, uh, Obi-Wan Jacoby's question? Cause it came in first. Just go right. In uh, order. Let, let's, let's get Obi's, okay. you know, let's, let's get Obi's. Um, he asked if, uh, the Browns defense can carry them to a better record than we expect. They've been balling through three weeks. Um, absolutely. Defense wins championships, baby. Why not? Uh, I guess I would need to know what record we expect because all of the NFC or uh, excuse me, the AFC North is kind of a toss up right now. So sure. I mean, really it's not because of their defense. Like the team is good on paper. I mean, they're de- they've only given up 32 points so far, which is. Yeah. Like, like their, their defense was never the question we knew going into the year that their defense would be good. It's mostly like, <clears throat> so you, your expectation of the record was whatever that was. If anything, it's like dipped a little bit because of Deshaun Watson's playing, but I think that it's probably still the, still roughly what we thought it would be at the beginning of the year. Right. Probably like a little above 500 maybe. Uh, I expected them to go like ten and seven ish. Oh really? Um, well, yeah. I guess like I'm nine and is it nine and eight now? Right? That that's the amount yeah. of games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's seventeen games. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I mean, I kind of expected nine and eight. So we're within the margin of error, I guess. Yeah, the uh, AFC North is also looking a little bit suspect right now. With the Bengals just kind of floundering, the Ravens just falling apart injury wise and the Steelers been tough, being led man. by Kenny Pickett. Um, <laughs> but I mean the strongest group in the AFC North is that Browns defense. Uh, also the Browns are leading the division, both in points scored and points allowed. So I would go so far as to say that right now they should be the favorite for that division. Yeah, I mean, I would probably rank it like even without I mean, Nick I, Chubb. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm a bit of a homer, so I think that like Ravens and Browns are. I I think that they're about equally likely to win the division than the Bengals, than well, the Steelers. I don't know, man. Well, and that's like, just it with Burrow's nagging injuries. Uh, the Steelers just kind of being mediocre. Oh, the Steelers, um, it's kind of the same thing as the Browns, though. Like, it's kind of like, okay, we have, like, Deshaun Watson's supposed to be good, but he's just not. Sometimes he has flashes, and Kenny Pickett is just 
tragically terminally mid, but every once in a while he'll have like a drive where you're like, okay, that that looks like a starter quarterback. Yeah, you know. So I mean, both of those, it's just like, can I mean, their QB play? The Bengals, Joe Burrow's hurt. Can the QB play? The Ravens, it's just, can everybody survive? Yeah. So, I mean. Oh, Christian Watson will play tomorrow. Let's. He will. Let's get. Did you guys see that? Uh, not to completely derail us, but oh, we're did derailing. you see that Reddit post? Uh, no. So this this is actually the the one re, like stuff like this is what keeps me coming back to Reddit. But somebody mm-hmm. posted in the fantasy football subreddit, not the dynasty fantasy football subreddit, but they this said the regular one. Mm-hmm. Um, they said Christian Watson is for sure playing Thursday. Or like the the title of the post was like Liz, Liz Watson or something like that. It was mm-hmm. the name of his sister. Yeah. And I I was like, what what is this post? And he was like, Christian Watson is for sure playing Thursday because his sister is a realtor in Miami, mm-hmm. and she posted that she's flying to Lambo to watch the game on Thursday. Huh. So it was like, why would she be flying? on Thursday if Christian Watson wasn't making his season debut. Fair enough. And it turned out to be true. So sometimes the wacky Reddit posts, you know, the, there was that post about quiet quitting for Eckler and some of the other running backs that there could be some smoke behind, but that's maybe a topic for another day. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting on to the uh, Andre questions. We have about nine minutes left here, so let's rapid-fire these, because he is also rapid-firing these. Um, One, when are we going to shut the hell up about football? And that <laughs> is when the community questions come up, so it's up True. to you guys. Um, that's that's actually it. We, we do football topics for the first hour, and then the last half hour is up to you guys. Um, question number two. And he proceeds to ask a fucking football question. Yep. What a coward. What a, a coward. There's multiple football questions in here. Number two. Would you rather get rid of the center position forever and the quarterback just has to start with the ball in the center position and run like goddamn hell backwards <laughs> to throw? Or the quarterback has to play center and all the centers play quarterback? Um, if all the quarterback played, like if all the quarterbacks played center and all the centers played quarterback, I would bet that all of the centers get way thinner and taller and throw better. And all of the quarterbacks would get way stockier and better at blocking. There's an idea right there. Yeah. So I guess the second one, and then we would just change the name of the positions and otherwise nothing would change. Yeah. If you want a good idea of how sloppy that football would be, just watch any Jets game this season. Yeah. Game. I mean, the Jets, uh, they basically have a center at quarterback but without the blocking ability. <laughs> um, we love you, Andre. Yes. Uh, question three, what's up? I'm doing a podcast. That's true. Uh, I can verify. And the only reason I listed that one off is because people would be very confused if we hit question four without question three. Question true. four, if the league bans the forward passing, what two teams make the Super Bowl? I actually love this question. Man, I think if if they banned the forward pass, I, I actually think that zach wilson would maybe be able to do something right i'd say the jets running game if i mean if everyone's just stacking eight in the box every play then like yeah, it's just i i think who's it was got probably... the running muscle who's got enough running backs where you can run you know 21 personnel or whatever and i think it would probably be your the, way around. 
I know you said two teams, but I'm going to go three. I think it would probably be the Eagles and then either the Seahawks or the Niners. I was going to say the Falcons. Oh, but yeah, never mind. The Falcons it, are built for I, it. I, yeah, I mean, like, that's literally what the Falcons are doing right now, <laughs> yeah. though, right? The, the Falcons already don't forward pass, and they're two and one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They've got a good defense. They've. Yeah, yeah. They run. But, but, but the, it's like the same thing with the Niners, though. Like, the Niners. Christian, yeah, Christian I think McCaffrey. the Niners will just figure out a way to just have six people run for 100 yeah, yards. Yeah, the Niners are already QB proof, you know? Yeah. I think the Dolphins would still be doing pretty well, apparently. Yeah. I, I, um, I agree. With that. I think the team that would benefit the most would absolutely be the Falcons. Oh, Arthur sure. Smith is salivating at this question. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm I'm not convinced that Andre isn't Arthur Smith from his burner. Yeah, Andre is just sitting here like, oh come on. Andre, get back to running an NFL organization. Yeah, shouldn't you be in Atlanta right now? Eh, it's Wednesday night. There are no games on right now. Yeah. Um, it's not midweek in action yet. Question five. Ooh, this is getting uh, theological. Uh, if God came down from the sky and said he would answer, or he would give you the answer to any one question, what question do you ask? This is uh, this is actually one of the questions that was fielded to Justin Fields after the loss this last Sunday. Mm-hmm. That was the existential crisis that he had. Yeah, if uh, he'd give you the answer to any one question. You want to take this first? I got to think of this. If I had to ask any question. And you got to know the answer. And I got to know the answer. Just one. Mm-hmm. I would... Hmm. I would ask if Austin Eckler was going to be good again next year. Boo! That's it. Trash. We're going right back to football. You can't get away from football on the football podcast. Yeah, Yeah. fuck. If you're you're a BKer, if you're a ball knower, the grind don't stop. I was going to say shit, like something like you shot James Hay or something. No, you were going to say something that was going to get us canceled, and I saved you right then and there. What are you Yeah, yeah, I did. I was the one who wanted to have a considered, measured approach. Yeah. The one who's just like, is Austin Eckler. I got to know. I have him on a team. I'm trying to sell, but like, maybe I shouldn't. Body. If I know he's going to be good again next year, price of brick go up. Like, man, man. that's what's going to get us canceled. Bullshit answers like that. Well, I don't want to lose our fun. I don't want to know the answer to like deep questions. Trash. Or what if you like get. What if you ask, like, the price of... Like, you ask a question like, oh, what's the meaning of life? And then you just, like, get an answer like, oh, there isn't one. Like, what if you just get some awful response, right? Like, you don't want that. I mean, I don't know. You want the answer to, like, is that so much less satisfying than is Austin Eckler going to be good next year? What if he shrugs and he's like, well, it depends on what metric is good. Yeah, well, that's fine. I don't know. I don't really want to have, like, an omnipotent answer. Well, that's because you roster Austin Eckler, and what are you saying that I shouldn't? I, I, <laughs> I mean, why don't you ask God? <laughs> He's not here. All right, now that's gonna get us canceled. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what was the question after that? Um, question six is actually just asking us if we've seen a picture, which is not very good podcast content. 
I have now, and you um, both look lovely. Yeah, you guys look like you're having a good time, and there's also some strange things going on in the background here. Um, it kind of looks like you're in the Resident Evil 4 castle. Yeah, you look like you might get murdered. Yeah. But So watch your back there a little bit. But um, beyond that... What's your deepest shame? Uh, the way that Honestly, I answered question it's number fucking rude for the bears every week. What I'll say my biggest shame is how I answered question number five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We had some good cop outs for that. <laughs> uh, eight. What do you think each other's deepest shame is? Uh, I think that down with fun's biggest shame is being a bears fan. Easily. Yeah. Like absolutely. Yeah. Number one. Uh, I think Burn's biggest shame is probably something gaming related. Do you play any Blizzard games? I do not. Are you a former Blizzard player? No. You never played Overwatch? Nope. I played the beta and thought it sucked. Mm, okay, well, I, what, what do you yeah. usually game? I don't know. Uh, recently? Yeah. I I picked up the old new Breath or not Breath of the Wild, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, The Legend of Zelda. Okay, Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom is pretty based. Never yeah, mind. That's really I, good, I, actually. I, I don't think regret Burn's that at all. Big, Burn's biggest shame is that he has no flaws and that's he true. desperately wants to feel more human as a result. See, and that's why I don't want to ask any omnipotent questions because like I don't need any other things going for me. I'm already doing all right. <laughs> uh if you died and got the opportunity to view any lifetime stats Ooh. about yourself what would they be like number of dumps taken how many times you tripped how many cumulative money or how much cumulative money you made etc oh this is uh you know what i will go right off of that i want to know how much money i've made while taking a dump oh that's a pretty good one <laughs> yeah i know there's an app for it but like who's that consistent with any sort of tracking app right yeah the the dump to dollar ratio would certainly be one of the great questions of our time um <clears throat> how about you i think, think mine would have to be hmm how much hmm I think maybe like seeing. Well, no, no, no. We're we're wondering stats. I'd be interested in how how many cans of beer I've had. <laughs> you know what? Wouldn't that be kind of fun? Yeah, that'd be a fun little answer to know. I mean, it'll, it'll be a little fun. Yeah, it's probably it's, number would probably shock you one way or the other. I'm gonna guess more than four. Potentially. Potentially. We don't know, though. We don't have the lifetime stats. Definitely more than three. But with that being said, we are going over an hour and 30 minutes right about now. And with that, we will see you all next week. Same time, same channel. Yeah, it was a good time as usual. And, um, you know, I... Hope everyone didn't get too down on my bears talk, but it was fun. It was down with fun. Bye.